We need a proverb for today. Today's the 24th. Let's turn to Bibles if you, if you got one. Proverbs 24. Let's see, I'm just, just randomly picking one. Here we go, verse 3. It says, A house is built by wisdom and becomes strong through good sense. Through knowledge, its rooms are filled with all sorts of precious riches and values and valuables. Um, the Bible says that, that wisdom cries out in the streets. I love the, the par- first part of this. I'm just going to spend like two seconds on this. A house is built by wisdom. This, the Bible says wisdom cries out in the streets. That means we can look around, we can go outside, we can go to the mall, we can go to church, and we can see wisdom just throwing itself out there. We can look at somebody's life and, and look ahead and see the consequences of the actions that, that people do, right? Our house is established by wisdom, and I think of this as our, as our kids, right? If we want to have kids that are godly kids that grow up to be godly adults, we need to look around and we need to, to find people and model a lifestyle of parenting after people who are doing it successfully. We need to model our, our, our parenting. We need to model our homes after people who are doing it right. Yeah? All right, good deal. That's Proverbs 24, verse 3. There we have it. All right. With that said... Who's like, man, once I leave here, I'm going to go find some awesome people who I can model my life after. Yeah. That's right, and she's man's. hands. How many of you ever just get awakened, awoken in the middle of the night? You ever, you ever just, something wakes you up in the middle of the night, it's like three in the morning, and you are off on your way to Wonderland, I mean, you're, you're, some of you sleep with your eyes open. I, I knew somebody that did that, and I won't say who, and it used to really freak me out, but you, if you sleep with your eyes open, God bless you. It's weird, but so three in the morning, you, you, you know, Tinkerbell's come in, she's sprinkled fairy dust on you, and you are floating off to Wonderland, and on your way there... You are bit in the ribs by a shark. And it, it, it's, in the reality, it's kind of like this. You're laying there and you know, you're, you're off and, and all of a sudden, Dad! 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 What? What? I need a drink of water. Dad! 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 There's something in my room. Yeah, it's, it's an alien. Go back to sleep. Dad. Dad. I will send you back to the hospital. And then about that time, my wife rolls over. Honey, hey, you're being mean to the children. What? Okay. I've, I've got to get up. I've got to go get some water for the children. I love that the Bible tells us that Jesus can relate to us on, on just about every, on every area of life. In every area of life, Jesus can relate to us. Case in point, Matthew uh, chapter 8, here's Jesus. He's with his disciples, and they're, they're on, the, on the certain side of the lake, and they spent the entire day ministering, healing the sick, raising the dead. 
I mean, an entire day of massive amounts of, of outpouring of the power of God in people's lives. I mean, this was such an intense day that as Jesus and his disciples made their way back down to the lake, that even religious leaders were coming to him. These are the people that, that didn't want to be seen with Jesus, but they were, they, they were following him, and they'd come down to the lake, and, and they said, Jesus, Jesus, we'll follow you anywhere. And Jesus says in probably the nicest words possible, no, you won't. You, you won't. In fact, you guys should go, go home. Are you too good for your home? And he sends these people, he sends these people off. And the Bible tells us that his disciples, he tells his disciples, we need to go to the other side of the lake. And as, as the disciples are getting ready to get the boat in the water, Jesus is already in the boat. He's ready to go. He's like, let's move on. And they're in the boat and, and they, they push off. And this boat, this isn't a pirate ship. This isn't a big fishing boat. This is, it's a fishing boat. This is, this is like a 25-foot rowboat with a sail with like 12 or more people in this boat. And it's a fishing boat. So the whole bottom of this boat is probably buried in nets and stinky things. And they're in this boat, and the Bible tells us that they pushed off, and as they were, were going out into the lake, other, other boats were following them. And Jesus... The Bible tells us that Jesus went to the back of the boat, and he was exhausted, and he went to sleep. And he's probably on an, on a pile of nets, laying in the back of the boat with a life preserver stuffed under his head. And he is just out cold. He is sleeping. I mean, this has been an exhausting day of ministry. And here's Jesus and his disciples, and as they're out in the lake, the Bible tells us that a, a massive storm, the storm to rival all storms, comes upon these boats. And the disciples are freaking out because the Bible tells us the, the water's filling up in this boat. I mean, it's not just a little bit of water. It's not just some rain. I mean, the, the boat is filling up to the point of going to sink. And these people are, are just like, what do we do? And, and somebody's like, Peter, you got to go wake up Jesus because we're, we're going to drown. And Peter's probably like thinking to himself, why would you wake up someone who can sleep through a storm like this? You should leave him alone. And they said, Peter, Peter, you got to wake up Jesus. And so they, Peter goes to Jesus and, Jesus, you got to wake up because we're going to die. Now I can just picture Jesus. You, you don't have any faith. Quiet. What's going on? Are we there? And by that time, everything is completely quiet. The storm is gone. And I can imagine all the disciples squeezed to the front of the boat. Who is this man that even the storm listens to him? Just in amazement at, at the storm just completely dissipating. Wouldn't that be awesome to be at that place at that time to see that whole thing happen? I love reading stories in the Bible because especially in the New King, King, King James Version, we read it and it's so intense. And the reality was, this is real stuff. This happened. This is real life, real people having real relationships. And, and I just love to read it and, and think, boy, what if? What if, the, what if this is what, what it were like? Let's, let's, take a, let's take a look here. Turn your Bible with me. We're going to read the second account of uh, Jesus calming the storm. So that may have been what it was like. This is what the Word says. Mark chapter 5, 
verse 35. It says, as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. He was already in the boat, so as they started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed, soon a fierce storm arose. High waves began to break into the boat until it was nearly full of water. Jesus was sleeping in the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. Frantically, they woke him, shouting, Teacher, don't you even care that we're going to drown? When he woke up, he rebuked the wind and the waves, and suddenly the water stopped and there was a great calm. And he asked them, why are you so afraid? Do you still not have any faith in me? And they were filled with awe and said among themselves, who is this man that even the wind and the waves obey him? So one would expect having Jesus in their boat that it would have made for a calm sailing across the lake. Don't you think? But it was quite the opposite. As Christians, I think we have got this mindset that when we get saved, life's going to be smooth sailing. Nowhere in Scripture does it say that. Nowhere. In fact, it points out the opposite. Listen, if, if, if Jesus is in your boat, you're going to have storms. If Jesus is not in your boat, You are going to have storms. Wouldn't you rather have Jesus in your boat? If you're here today and, and, and your life does not have Jesus in it, you need him. Wouldn't you rather have, the, the Bible tells us, the Son of God that can calm every storm. No matter what you're going through, there is a God who loves you so very, very much and wants to minister to you through the times, the hardest times in your life. And I'm going to tell you this morning, if you don't know this Jesus, don't leave this place today without talking to somebody. Talk to me, talk to Pastor Terry, talk to another leader in here, even talk to the person beside you. Knowing Jesus is so easy. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth and we believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. The only boat going through this storm was not the one that Jesus was in. But I guarantee you, they wish Jesus was in their boat. We go through stuff, and, and as Christians, I, it's so often that we, we begin to get into a, a conflict in life. Maybe, maybe it's conflict with somebody. Maybe we get fired from a job. Maybe we lose a house. Maybe a bill's unpaid. Whatever it is, and it's so often that as Christians even, we begin to get into these things, and, and we, we, we might pray, God, help me through this thing. I, I don't know what to do. This is, this is terrible. And we all of a sudden, we expect that it's going to stop, like immediately, right? And then when it doesn't, we question whether or not God's with us. We question, God, are, are you with me? Are, I, I, I'm not feeling you. This isn't changing. Things aren't better all of a sudden. Have you left me? And, and there are some people who even go, to, go the distance and, and become agnostic. We start thinking, well, God's out there, but he's... He's just not, in, in, he's just not working in, in our lives. He's just not working in my life. We begin to develop an entire, an entire belief system based on how we wrestle through a situation in our lives. And dun, dun, I'm going to start dancing. I love, I love rings, man. There's, there's so many different rings out there. My mind, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll stop on the rings. So 
we, I, I had ministered to somebody not too long ago, and, and as I was praying with them, they, the, the thought was, why me? Why am I going through this? I've, I've been a good person. I've lived my life doing well. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, just like I mentioned earlier, no matter who you are, no matter, no matter your position in life, you're going to go through difficult stuff. As Christians, we're going to go through difficult stuff, and God's going to use those things to shape us. Do you know why? Because he doesn't want us to stay where we're at. When we sign up and say yes to Jesus, we're acknowledging, God, I don't want to be this anymore. I don't want to be this anymore. The Bible says that, that God is shaping us into the image of his son. If a potter is going to make a, a beautiful vase and takes a big nasty lump of clay and just goes right onto a, onto a table, he doesn't sit there and stare at it for hours and go, I visualize that this is an amazing work of art. Wow, that's awesome. All right, done here. My work is finished. No. He gets his hands dirty. He gets busy. And that's what God does in our lives when we're struggling through something. He gets busy in our lives, shaping us and using this thing we call struggle to shape us to be more like Jesus. I have a scary thing to share with those of you who, who, who are leaders there are times in life as a Christian, uh, as a leader, you're going to go through things before everybody else does. You're going to go, th- you're going to struggle through things, and, and here's why. Let's let's turn our Bible real quick. Second Corinthians chapter one. Why do why do we go through things? I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about two points this morning about why we go through some of the things that we go through. Here's Paul writing to the to the the church in Corinth, and he says this may in, in verse two. I don't even think this is on here, but I'm going to read this to you. May God our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, give you grace and peace. Anytime you read a passage of scripture that starts off with "May God give you grace and peace," it's because you're going to need it. <laughs> verse three it says, "All praise to God, to to our God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ." He is the source of every mercy and the God who comforts us. He comforts us in all of our trouble. He comforts us in what? In all of our trouble so that we can comfort others. When others are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. And then he goes on and repeats himself a couple times. And then jumping down to the end of verse 6, it says, Then you can patiently endure the same things we suffer. We are confident that as you share in this suffering, you will also share in God's comfort. And then jumping on to verse 8, it says, I think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through. So here's Paul, and he's telling them, here's why we've gone through some troubles, and God's point in taking us through these troubles is so that we can help you through your troubles. And so then he goes on to explain to them, I think you guys need to know what kind of troubles I've been through. That's what verse, verse 8 is talking about. I think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the troubles that we went through here in the province of Asia. We were crushed and completely overwhelmed. Anybody ever been there? And we thought we wouldn't, we, we wouldn't live through it. In fact, we expected to die. But as a result, we learned not to rely on ourselves 
but on God who can raise the dead. So here's Paul talking, and he's saying that, that we went through some extremely serious stuff. Some stuff. I mean, this is, this is Paul. This is like the amazing man of God, right? And he thought he was going to die. He, he thought at one point, what, how are we going to make it through this? These are the things that, that we go through too, right? He was a human being. We're human beings. We go through things. And he's telling them, he's explaining to them the things that they, that, that they went through. And he's saying, you're going to go through stuff too. But we went through things because God wants to use us to comfort you. Christians, people in here who, who are walking through struggles, let me tell you something. You're not going through this by yourself. You, let, me, let me back up. You should not be going through this by yourself. You should not be going through this by yourself. We go through things so that we can walk with somebody else through this. Jesus says to Peter in the boat, you have little faith. Why would he say that? Here's Peter who spent an entire day with Jesus doing, seeing amazing things seeing Jesus heal sick people, seeing Jesus do, if you name it, he probably did it that day. Peter saw these things with his own eyes. But then when a storm came into Peter's life, isn't it different when we see somebody struggling through something and we, we pray with them and we, and we spend time with them and we hear about their struggles and we think, oh man, that stinks, you're going through that, I'll pray for you. And you trust God for them, but when storms hit in your own life, isn't it different? It becomes more of a wrestling match. We question faith. We question so many things when it comes into our lives that we never thought to question when it was in somebody else's life. What Jesus was saying to Peter was, Peter, I want you to think bigger. I want you to raise the ceiling of what you trust me to do. The Bible says that, that God is able to do greater things than we could possibly ask or imagine. God is able to do far greater things than we could ask or imagine. We can imagine some pretty big stuff, can't we? Peter probably could. But what Jesus was telling to Peter was, I want you to see in your head and in your heart that I can do more than this. He wanted to elevate Peter's thinking, his ability to acknowledge that no matter what the storm was, no matter how big the storm, Jesus could take care of it in his life. And that's the same thing that, that Paul is talking to the church about right here. He's, he's saying, we went through all these things and our faith got, got wrenched on. And we had to come to a place where we trusted God even with our own lives. Paul was saying that that God wants to challenge our faith in our struggles, and he wants us to walk with somebody else. As we make it through our struggles, we need to find somebody else who's going through things. We need to be intentional about this, people. Christians, we need to be intentional about this. We need to seek out people who are going through things. I talked to a, just a family, I think it was last Sunday, that just floored me. Um, I was pulling out of the parking lot and, and just, hey, how you guys doing? I'll see you later. And they came over to the car, and we were just talking for a few minutes. And, and I just happened to say, well, so where, where are you going? 
what are you doing after church? And, and it said, oh, we're going to go visit uh, an elderly woman who uh, her, her kids have kind of swept her under the rug. She's a little too much work for them, you know, relationally. And the Lord just put it on our heart to go and, and, and just surround this woman with, with relationship, just with love, and just, just get with her and, and just hang out. And I was like, wow. Wow, that is so good. That's what God's, God has called us to as Christians, to, to, to just join with people who are struggling through something, to pray with them, to walk through it with them. We're a body. That's what the Scripture calls the church the body of Christ. We join together. We've got to walk together through things. The enemy wants to keep us separate, keep, keep us apart from each other, and we've got to join together. We've got, we've got to seek people out who are struggling. And if you pray and you ask the Lord to point people out to you, I promise he will. You'll just run into somebody at the grocery store. Hey, how's it going? And, and once you get beyond the, oh, fine, and you, and you, and you really press into, Really, how's it really going? Maybe they'll share with you, and maybe the, the Lord will use that opportunity for you to minister to them. Get their phone number. Call them up. Call them, you know, a couple times a week. Hey, can I just pray for you as you're going through this thing? God will open doors for you to share your experience wrestling through something. When I lost my house, I'm not just standing up here talking to you about struggles because, because it, it's, a, it's a good topic. I've been through them. I sat through a sermon one time where a pastor said, said uh, the three biggest things you can go through, marital problems, losing your house, losing your job. And I was like, hey, Ange, we're going through all those at the same time. <laughs> Whoa. You know, we, we, we went through losing, losing a house. And, you know, it was probably a year later as I wrestled through that, I had a friend that was, that was beginning the same process, and I got to pray with him and minister to him through that situation. He didn't lose his house. It was great. But you know what? He also didn't lose his faith. God wants to use you to minister to somebody on a very simple, very relational way. It's not this big, scary, spiritual thing. It's a relationship, one-on-one. -on -one. How's it going? Can I pray with you? Here's my experience that the Lord's taken me through. He was faithful. He'll be faithful to you. So I was in the elevator, went to the hospital, uh, I don't know, two, three weeks ago. And, and I had a friend who was having heart surgery. And so my mind was kind of on, on uh, this whole you know, there's crazy stuff going on. Let me let me just hang out with you for a little bit. And I'm in I'm in the elevator. I went down to get something to drink. And as I'm as I'm going up, I get in the elevator. I'm, I'm going up, and there's another gentleman in there, and he just looks kind of kind of distraught. And I, I just happened to he looked at me, and that was kind of the cue. And I was like, so so, so how's it going? And he said, man, good thing, man. God's not going to give me more than I can handle. And, and I, I, the elevator stopped right there, and I said, well, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll pray for you, okay? He said, that'd be great. And he got off the elevator. I didn't have the heart to tell him, it's not true. <laughs> God will most certainly allow you to go through more than you can handle. Some of you are like, 
Darn it. If we could handle it, we would not rely on him to get us through it. Christ can bear all things. You cannot. But we still think we can, don't we? I got this. Oh. The Bible says, cast all your cares on him. 1 Peter 5, 7. Cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. We start going through a struggle and, and, and we pray, God, make this thing go away. Right? We're like Christian ostriches. Right? <laughs> God, help! <laughs> Stuff our head in the sand. And then, and then just wait for it to go away. And we'll pop our head up. Is it gone yet? God, help! Pop our head back in the sand. And we want so desperately for these things to go away immediately, and it's the refining process of struggling through that thing and wrestling through it that shapes us to be who God wants us to be. Listen to me. I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it. I was going to get going, but I'm going to save it. First Peter 5, 7, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. Turn to somebody beside you and say, God cares for you. Sometimes, man, we, we wrestle with that. We wrestle with that, don't we? When we're struggling through something, we wrestle, we wrestle with that. Does God care? He does. Cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. And you know what's, what's funny is this isn't a request. We read this, this passage and we think, oh, that's cute. Cast your cares on him because he cares for you. It's like this. It's a stormy day outside and 32 degrees, and I told my daughters, put on a coat. We're heading for the bus stop. Put on a coat. And they take that as, well, I don't really want to put on a coat. I'll be fine. Don't we do that? Oh, God, I got this one. I don't need to, I don't need to give it to you quite yet. My daughter, I told my daughters, put on a coat, it's cold. And they take it as a request. As if I'm pleading with them, please put on a coat. I don't want you to get hypothermia. I'll take you to the hospital with hypothermia, and the, the nurse will call the cops. <laughs> and, and I will go to jail because you weren't wearing a coat. Cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. I'm going to tell you something that, that might set a little funny with you, but I'm going to tell you anyway. When we think we can handle it, first of all, we can't. We're not supposed to. We weren't designed to handle it. That's why Scripture says to cast our cares on God, to cast our cares on Jesus because he cares for us. We weren't designed to handle it. But when we decide that we're going to and we shoulder the weight of of a struggle, and we, we've, we pray about it a little bit, but we decide we're going to bear the weight of this thing in the tiniest way, in the tiniest form, we're allowing a seed of rebellion to be planted in our hearts because we're saying, God, I don't need your help. When the Holy Spirit says, bring that to me, and we say, no, I'm good, and the seed will begin to grow 
until bitterness begins to set in because we get to the point where we say, God didn't help me through this. I did it myself. And you're probably going to come out the other side of it at some point because God's not going to allow you to be crushed. You'll, you'll certainly come to the point where you think, this is more than I can handle. You will. God won't crush you. But when you come out the other side of it, if we allow that seed of, of, of bitterness towards the Lord to set in and, and we begin to say, I can do this on my own, we'll rely less and less on the Lord and we become more and more set on, I can do it myself. Do you know, do you know who that didn't work out too well for? The devil. I mean, the Bible says that he rebelled against God, right? That little seed of rebellion began to grow in his heart, and at some point he said, I don't need you. And I bet at some point as he was flying at the speed of light towards earth, going, oh, man, that hurt, that he probably thought, not a good idea. Listen, I'm, I'm kind of poking fun at that, but the reality of it is, Cast our cares upon him because he cares for you. We've got to cast our cares upon the Lord. And I want to I tell you what, I want to walk through with you what that looks like. Um, Eric, come here, man. In, in uh, football, you guys know what a handoff is, right? I, I don't have any idea really because I don't even know what football is. You can show me a basketball and a football and I'd probably be like, I'm not sure which one's which. But in hunter safety, I know this one. Like guns, hunter safety, right? They teach you if you're going to get across a fence and you're going to hand a gun to somebody to secure it, it's, it's, it's a handoff, you're going to do this. You got it? Got it. Okay. You guys catch that? Thanks, Eric. Got it. I got it. Thanks. <laughs> it's a handoff. Here's where we've, we've messed, we botched the handoff with God, I think, a lot of the times. We botched the handoff with God. We're going to cast our cares on him. Oh, God, help. I'm going to die. All right, got to go to the store. And off we go. And we're doing our thing. And we're, we're, we're praying here and we're praying there. And, and that's awesome. That is great. We're going to the Lord. But here's where I think we need to, to take things a step further. Here's where we go from from feeding on milk Christians to being, to stepping into maturity, okay? I don't want to step on any toes. I love you guys. I want to see the Lord bring you to a place of, uh, of where you're standing on the backside of your struggle and able to say, just like David, that, that I went through the valley of the shadow of death and I won't fear any evil, for you're with me. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Here's a guy who looked at his struggles from the back end and went, I can't, I can't believe the great blessing that the Lord provided for me during this time. I want to see you at that place. Here's how we, here's how we, we take a step forward. When we're struggling through something, we go to the Lord in prayer and we hand it off to him. We don't just drop it. At the throne. We don't, we don't go, here you go, poof, and then down it goes. We go to the Lord, we get on our face before the Lord, and we pray about this thing until we have a sense in our spirit that the Holy Spirit is saying to you, I've got this. I've got it. 
I will take care of that. I'm going to tell you, tell you a little, just a brief story. I think I shared with you last time I spoke with you. My, my oldest daughter was in the hospital, and she was wrestling with life. And I began to pray for my daughter and just pray the scripture over her. And I got on my face, and I prayed. And I, I, I just I prayed. That's what I did. And then I decided, you know what? I'm going to go back, and I'm going to get before the Lord until I know with everything that I am that this is in his hands. He now is in control of this situation. And I got before the Lord and I prayed until my heart just just sensed it's done, it's fine. I was able to get up off the floor, wipe my hands of it and say, now this is in God's hands. It was a learning, there was a learning curve to it. There was a struggle. Two weeks ago, I heard about Stand by. So I heard about a little girl that was um, in my daughter's Awana school, or Awana church. The, the church she attends Awana's at. This little girl has cancer, and she was wrestling through this, and I prayed for her. You know, my daughter would pray for her, and we just, you know, we're like, oh, you know, it's cool. The Lord will heal her. No big deal. And then all of a sudden, just happened to be a, a little bit of time later, I heard that um, she was on a ventilator and was not going to make it. It was, it was the, the chances, the doctor said, we, there's nothing more we can do, we're done. And the Lord just, just burdened my heart for this little girl. And uh, I decided, you know what, I'm going to, I've struggled through this before. And I'm, I'm going to bear this. And so what I did is I, I went and got before the Lord. And I prayed for this little girl until I knew in my heart that the Holy Spirit said, okay, I've got this. It was a handoff between me and the Lord of, God, here's my struggle. Here's a struggle. I'm going to give this to you, and I'm going I'm to keep handing it until I know you've got it in your hands. There's a sense that will come. You may have never heard from the Lord a day in your life. If you want to, this is how you can. There will come a point in your prayers as you struggle forward in praying where you will just, a sense will come over you that, God has got this now. Two days later, I got a report email. Good stuff, right? That this little girl, the doctors were in amazement as, as to this little girl rebounding back from, from the deathbed. She had a virus. She had cancer. She had no immune system, and she caught a, a bad virus that was destined to wipe her out. And as this virus was at work, all of a sudden her white blood cell count, which had been at like zero, began to skyrocket. And I guarantee you, I, I just know with everything in me, they, they put the date that this began to happen, and it was the day that I began to pray. It was the day that I started pressing in for this little girl. And I'm telling you, when I knew that God took that, is when things changed. I know it in my heart because I know that the Lord spoke his, his something just it's not even a, it's not a voice it's just you just know God has got this now. And so I'm going to challenge you in your struggle. Let's go beyond just praying and really hand off our struggle to the Lord. Cast your cares on him because why? 
He cares for you. We're not just doing it out of routine. We're doing it because God loves you so intensely that he wants to, to shape and change you through this. He knows the only way you're going to become the best you you can be is by walking with him through this, allowing him to shoulder the weight of it and staying faithful through the end of it. And then when you come out on the other side of it, you'll be able to walk with somebody else as they go through it. So how could Jesus sleep at a time like that? Jesus is in the boat. He's, he's knocked out in the back. He's, he's emotionally, he's physically depleted from, from all sorts of ministry. And I'm going to tell you, it's because of this. He knew something that, that everyone else in that boat didn't, and it's this. The Bible tells us that he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. Just like the potter that begins working on, on, a, on, a, on a, a beautiful vase, he will not give up on you. He will not give up on you. I have a sense that there's somebody in this room that's, that's, that's listening to me say that and thinking to themselves, that's good for the person beside me. I want you to get this this morning. He who began a good work in you, wherever you're at, he is faithful to complete it. Until Jesus comes back, he will be working on you. If you're here, he's not done with you. If you're here, he's not done with you. When he's done with you, he will take you home. We serve a loving and kind God. He does not want you in this place for no reason. He has a purpose and a plan for you to shape you to be more like Jesus, to use you to minister to somebody else as they go through their struggle, to shape you to be more like Jesus. He will be faithful to you. So I, I, I heard the funniest thing the other day. It wasn't funny. It was, it was the most amazing thing. I was st- sitting in my, uh, in my living room and I was going to start a fire in the fireplace, and, and Taylor and I were the only ones home. And I have a fireplace in the corner, a little wood stove, and then on the other side of that room is the back sliding door that goes out to the backyard. And I'm going over there, and I'm, I'm messing around with the, the fireplace, trying to get a fire started, and mostly breathing in smoke, and it just was not going well. And I'm like, I need more fire starter. Where's the torch? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it was getting bad. And... As I get done with this thing, I turn around and I hear out the back of my the back of my ears. Taylor is standing by the back door, and she is saying, "This, you're gonna stop right now. No more." I mean, she was going to town, and I thought she's talking to the dog. She's got she's got to be. Uh, where'd she learn this? And, and I mean, I, I'm assuming that she's talking to the dog. I turned around. And this was a couple of days ago, and we were having this like massive wind rainstorm. And I turned around. And I said, "Taylor, what are you doing?" And she says to me, "I'm telling the storm to be quiet." And I was like, I looked out. I looked past her, 
And it was quiet. For about 30 seconds, I kind of walked over there, just kind of in bewilderment. Looked out the window, and I looked at her. Looked out the window. I don't know if she had anything to do with that. Probably not. It probably was just a lull in the storm. But you know what? The Lord sure spoke something to me about how I need to be looking at my storms. How we all need to be looking at our storms. The the Lord will carry you through your storm if you allow him to bear the burden of it. Hand off the burden to him. Hand it to him until you know he has it. That might take going back and forth in prayer. It doesn't mean staying in one spot until you know necessarily. Pray. If you don't get that sense that the Lord's got it, then come back. And keep coming back to that time of prayer until, until you know that you know that you've handed that thing off. When you're at a time in your life where you're not going through a storm, when you've come through that thing and you've been able to say, you know what, God was faithful. Keep your eyes open because God is going to point somebody out to you who needs somebody to walk through that with them. Be available. Church, be prepared for the next storm. God's not through with us. Remember the lessons from the last one so that when we get to the end of our lives, we can, we can, we can think like David thought about how we're, we went through things, but God shepherded me and he guided me through this thing and I saw the end of it. Just like Paul wrote, I went through this stuff, I struggled through it and I thought we were going to die and I had no idea how we survived, but we did so that we can minister to you. Let's pray.